June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases. The time is now more than ever to embrace the breathtaking, sinister, and shocking tales that can enthrall you, especially with brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped, like Amy Tintera's Listen for the Lie. With exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors, captivating sound design, and dynamic performances, Audible brings these stories to life like never before. And as a member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, the growing concern about the coronavirus in New York City. As we learn some good news, the number of COVID deaths in nursing homes nationwide is down 66%. President Biden marks the milestone of 50 million shots since he took office, as experts study what new variants mean for vaccines and treatments. Blowing up the Capitol? The warning tonight that militia groups have threatened to destroy the building while President Biden addresses Congress. U.S. gymnastics scandal. The former head coach of the women's gymnastics team found dead hours after he's charged with sexual assault and human trafficking. Stop Asian hate. After a rise in attacks against Asian Americans, the viral campaign to stop violence during the COVID-19 pandemic. Border crossings climb. Our report tonight from the U.S.-Mexico border as the Biden administration reopens a facility to house migrant children. Soldiers struggling, our series on the families of those who defend our nation. I cannot feed my kids. Tonight, the military responds to why a growing number of families are going hungry. Half a million dollar reward, Lady Gaga's two French bulldogs stolen. Tonight, the graphic new video shows the moment her dog walker was shot. Tiger speaks to investigators. The golfer says he has no memory of Tuesday's crash. And a dedication to service. Meet the military veterans who drove 1,500 miles to help Texans after the storm. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with what could be a dramatic new setback in the fight against coronavirus. Researchers say they've now discovered a new variant of the virus in New York City and that it is spreading quickly. Even more frightening, current vaccines may not be as effective at fighting it. The nation's top infectious disease doctor, Anthony Fauci, said today the best way to stop those new variants from spreading is to get Americans vaccinated as fast as possible. And as we come on the air tonight, the FDA is taking a big step to making that happen. The agency now says Pfizer's vaccine no longer has to be shipped or stored at those sub-zero temperatures. That's a huge breakthrough that will make it easier to get shots to sites across the U.S. And we're also learning that Pfizer and Moderna are now working on possible booster shots of their vaccine vaccines. That could mean getting a third dose to help fight off these new variants. Now, at the White House tonight, President Biden is celebrating, saying 50 million shots have now been given out nationwide since he took office, half of the 100 million he promised to deliver in his first 100 days. Now, combined with the shots given out during the Trump administration, that means nearly 68 million doses have been administered across the country. We've got a lot of new reporting for you and your family tonight. We've got our team of correspondents standing by. CBS's Meg Oliver is going to lead off our coverage from New York City. Good evening, Meg. Nora, good evening. New York City health officials are trying to learn more about this new variant and just how prevalent it is. Researchers here at Columbia Medical Center told me in the last two weeks they've seen a 13 percent increase in the number of new cases. Tonight, an east and west coast punch of new COVID variants. First, a new strain in California, and now a homegrown mutation is spreading in New York City. Dr. David Ho's team at Columbia University was one of the first to detect the mutation, noting similarities to the more contagious South African and Brazilian strains. We don't know whether it's more transmissible, but we see it rising in prevalence within our patient population. Dr. Ho says the mutation, seen here in red, alters the spike protein, which enables the virus to dodge antibodies. That could result in a weaker immune response. So if you've received the vaccine, you could get reinfected. We don't know that for sure, but the South African uh, study uh, with the South African variant showed that uh, the protection drops from 90 plus percent to about 49 percent. Tonight, the FDA approved Pfizer's request to store its vaccine in pharmacy freezers for two weeks instead of ultra-cold specialized units. This as Pfizer and Moderna are testing whether a booster shot of their vaccines can protect against the variant identified in South Africa. What we care about is making sure people don't get sick, they don't get hospitalized, and of course, most importantly, that they don't die. Still, the death toll in California reached new heights today, the first state to surpass 50,000 after a backlog of reported deaths. It comes despite a steep drop in cases, hospitalizations, and deaths nationwide, especially in nursing homes where deaths are down 66% in long-term care facilities. Today, President Biden marked the cusp of 50 million first-dose vaccinations with a ceremony of shots going into arms. And the more people get vaccinated, the faster we're going to beat this pandemic. The halfway point to 100 million doses in his first 100 days. Meg Oliver, CBS News, New York. I'm Charlie Daggett in Oxford, England, where AstraZeneca tells CBS News they expect data from U.S. trials in the coming weeks to present to the FDA for emergency approval. 
Oxford scientists say the vaccine has already tackled what had been the runaway UK variant here. Real life data showing it kept hospitalizations down by 94 percent, even outperforming the Pfizer vaccine. We've seen the, the first widespread um, use of a vaccine in a setting where there's a new variant that's emerged and the vaccine has impact against that variant that is astonishing. The team here telling us they began the fight back against dangerous new variants months ago. Development already in the lab? Yes. Including the South African Oh, well, we started in December. We started working on new variants in December. Oxford vaccine developer Professor Sarah Gilbert told us a modified vaccine could be rolled out in the U.S. in a matter of months. By the fall. The the plan is to have a new version of the vaccine available for for the autumn, I would call it, um, uh, of this year. The professor has told us that the 12-week gap between uh, doses here in the U.K. is better than the four-week plan, which is standard in the U.S. More people are immunized in the short term, and that reduces the chances of the virus mutating. Nora? Charlie Daggett, thank you. Tonight, we are learning the extraordinary security at the U.S. Capitol will continue at least until next month. More than seven weeks after the armed insurrection, there's concern the danger is far from over. CBS's Chris Van Cleve reports from the Capitol. Tonight, what a lawmaker calls new and disturbing threats targeting Congress, nearly two months after the Capitol attack. Members of the militia groups that were present on January 6th have stated their desires that they want to blow up the Capitol and kill as many members as possible uh, with a direct nexus to the State of the Union. President Biden's address to Congress has not been scheduled, but the elevated security posture around the Capitol will stay in place at least through the speech. Acting Chief of Capitol Police Yogananda Pittman acknowledged the department knew militia groups and other extremists were heading their way on January 6th. These groups plan to be armed. The target of the demonstration would be Congress. More than 10,000 descended on the Capitol grounds. Around 800 forced their way in. That includes two former Rocky Mount Virginia police officers who pleaded not guilty today to charges they were in the Capitol. Pittman said undercover Capitol police were sent to surveil the crowd at President Trump's rally that morning and intercepted demonstrators' radio communications. Officers guarding congressional leaders also had been issued assault rifles. Yet Pittman said her force was still unprepared for the onslaught. No credible threat indicated that tens of thousands would attack the U.S. Capitol. The intelligence missteps cascaded into inadequate preparation, which placed the health and lives of frontline officers at risk. The acting chief said even if her command staff had gotten that FBI memo that warned some riders were coming ready for war, she says it was consistent with other intelligence they already had, so it would not have changed the Capitol Police plan for the 6th. Nora. Chris Van Cleve, thank you. And tonight, there's a shocking twist in the ongoing investigations into the sexual assault of female gymnasts. John Getter, to the 2012 U.S. Olympic gymnastics coach, died by suicide today, just as he was expected to turn himself in to face multiple felony counts, including human trafficking. Getter worked with the disgraced doctor, Larry Nasser, who's in prison for molesting gymnasts. Getter was accused of coercing girls to train at his Michigan gym, then verbally and physically abusing them. 
All right, tonight, CBS News is investigating the troubling rise in anti-Asian attacks. Hate crimes against Asian Americans have skyrocketed since the start of the pandemic. We get more now on this from CBS's Jamie Ucas. The owner at this butcher shop in Sacramento says she's frightened after security cameras captured a man tossing a dead cat in her parking lot. you feel like this is a hate crime? Of course. There's really no doubt about it. More than 3,000 hate incidents directed at Asian Americans nationwide have been reported since the beginning of the pandemic, according to one advocacy group. A 91-year-old Asian man in Oakland was thrown to the ground. In New York City, an Asian American woman was violently assaulted in broad daylight. And this violent attack on 84-year-old Vishal Ratanapakdi, a Thai American, who later died from his injuries. With the China virus. Some blame the rise of anti-Asian American discrimination on the former president's rhetoric. Kung flu. Watching this violence against Asian Americans is just so upsetting. Tam Nguyen is part of a community organization that's working to raise awareness about anti-Asian hate crimes. There's also a Twitter campaign. Whether it's speaking up, whether it's sharing, or whether it's lending a hand and and reaching out to your Asian-American friends. The victims also include Air Force vet Denny Kim, assaulted last week in Los Angeles. It's absolutely senseless and it really breaks my heart. This week, California's governor signed a bill into law that will devote nearly a million and a half dollars to tracking anti-Asian hate crimes. Lawmakers hope the information gathered will ultimately lead to solutions that will make communities safer. Nora? Jamie Yukis, thank you so much. And tonight, the Biden administration is allowing some asylum seekers who've been waiting at a camp in Mexico to cross into the U.S. to have their asylum requests processed. It comes as border crossings are the largest they've been in a January in the past decade. CBS's Medea Vidal went to the border to find out what is happening. These are the faces of some of the first asylum seekers in South Texas. Dozens who were living in limbo in this Mexican border camp under what the Trump administration called the Migrant Protection Protocols. Now, one step closer to having their cases heard, some waiting years. The Trump administration's policy sent more than 70,000 people back to Mexico, creating a bottleneck of cases. Now people in the camp are remaining in place because they're currently being registered. Sam Bishop is a former Army veteran who says these migrants deserve a fair shot. There's a lot of fear fear in the U.S. about migration. These are not the people you need to be worried about, you know. They're trying to do it the right way. They're trying to do it responsibly and in a manner that's consistent with our with our laws. Illegal crossings are also on the rise, with 3,000 arrests on average per day in January on the southwest border. You have two. Dos, okay. Some of the families we spoke with say they crossed the border with a smuggler. Coyotes are telling these families the border is open under this administration. Those illegal crossings further complicate the asylum process. It seems very unfair to the people that are still in the encampment because they have waited to go through a very legal process and they've been there more than a year and a half now. Is this a byproduct of just a system that has had a ton of band-aids but no true solution, no true fix? That's true. And Mexico said that they would not accept families back with young children anymore. 
Tonight, we've also learned that border crossings by unaccompanied minors, kids who come here alone and without their parents, is on the rise as well. And now the Biden administration is under fire from immigration advocates who are upset that they are opening up a facility just outside San Antonio, Texas, reopening that facility to house those children. Nora. Maria Villal, thank you. Well, tonight, the White House says President Biden has spoken by phone with Saudi Arabia's King Salman. The call comes as the U.S. is set to release an intelligence report as soon as tomorrow that says Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman was responsible for approving the murder of columnist Jamal Khashoggi. The White House says it intends to recalibrate the U.S. relationship with the Saudis. We've got more now on our investigation into military families who are having trouble getting enough to eat during the pandemic. Nearly 40 percent have had trouble putting food on the table. CBS's Mark Strassman continues his reporting tonight, including the military's response. Beggars can't be choosers. Kay is on her way to a food bank again to feed her army family of six. For, for us, it lasts a couple of days, maybe, just because there's so many of us in the house. Her husband, an E-5 sergeant, works at JBLM, Joint Base lewis McCord near Tacoma, Washington. His take-home pay, roughly $3,000 a month. It's not enough. I cannot feed my kids. You know, I cannot um, make this vehicle payment because I had to feed my kids. It's just unacceptable, <laughs> really. Since the pandemic hit, one study reports nearly 40% of active duty service members have food insecurity. Is there a food bank on post? There is not. Do you track food insecurity at JBLM? We don't track that. At JBLM, Colonel Trey Rutherford's chief of staff for the 7th Infantry Division. The Army Emergency Relief Program offers struggling families help with budgeting and loans for food. We challenge families to have the courage to trust in us, to trust in their leaders, to help them solve the challenges. And they need to feel comfortable saying, hey, family, I need some assistance. But military culture prizes resilience. Asking for help can feel taboo. So in kind of talking to other spouses, it was kind of like, no, that's kind of hush-hush. In this pandemic, many military spouses lost jobs. JBLM has tracked 350 families, down from two incomes to one. They are challenged, they are squeezed, and we must get better, and we will get better. Congresswoman Marilyn Strickland's district includes JBLM. The people who are serving our country should not have to worry about food on the table. But last December, Congress failed to approve a military family basic needs allowance. There it is, that's it. Kay has cut family meals to two a day. It was hardest for the little one just because she doesn't understand, you know, I'm hungry and I always eat when I'm hungry. Have a good one. Serving their country, but struggling to serve their own family. Mark Strassman, CBS News, Atlanta. And so many of you have reached out wanting to help. You can go to combatmilitaryhunger.org. Tonight, Lady Gaga says she's offering a half a million dollar reward, no questions asked, for the safe return of her beloved French bulldogs. Surveillance video obtained by TMZ shows the terrifying moment last night when a gunman got out of a car and after a struggle opened fire on the singer's dog walker. Two dogs were stolen. A third was left behind. The dog walker is said to be recovering. All right, tonight, CBS News has learned that Tiger Woods has been transferred to a new hospital, Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. Investigators say Woods has no memory of Tuesday's crash that shattered his right leg, ankle, and foot. Police at the scene said the golf legend did not appear to be impaired by drugs or alcohol. 
For a lot of veterans, the devotion to service doesn't end when they retire from the military. CBS's Chip Reed met some vets who went above and beyond the call of duty. While watching the devastating Texas storm on TV, Marine Corps veteran Liz Hensel made a decision. We need to do something. She called close friend David Pineda, a disabled Army veteran. I said, let's ride the troops. With help from friends, they rented a truck and filled it with essentials. 97 cases of water. We took blankets, socks, diapers. Even dog food. Pets are a huge part of our lives, as you can clearly see. Hensel and two other Marine veterans then drove 22 hours straight through the night to a community center in Austin. This is exactly what what the families are asking for. How did it make you feel to do this? Like, Like we're back in action. We're still in service. We're just doing it a different way. A different way for these veterans to serve their country. Chip Reed, CBS News, Woodbridge, Virginia. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, Steve Hartman's on the road with the amazing story of a man who rescued a dog only to have his new best friend rescue him. Can't wait for that. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night. Hey, everybody, John Stewart here. I am here to tell you about my new podcast, The Weekly Show, coming out every Thursday. We're going to be talking about the uh, election, earnings calls. What are they talking about on these earnings calls? We're going to be talking about ingredient to bread ratio on sandwiches. I know you have a lot of options as far as podcasts go, but how many of them come out on Thursday? Listen to The Weekly Show with John Stewart wherever you get your podcasts. Stephen Colbert here to tell you about the Late Show Pod Show, which is our podcast. I'm here with my producer, Becca. Becca, what can people expect on the podcast? The extended moments, for sure. Where can people get that? On the Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert, wherever you get your podcasts. I use the internet.